Welcome to Scenes of Beauty, a platform that is here to empower you to be your most authentic self and celebrate your own version of beauty, whatever that might be. I'm Chloe and I'm making it my mission to help you find and live your truest selves by connecting you with people that I believe live on their own terms. Each week, I sit down with guests that are all designed to show you that beauty comes in all shapes and sizes, and it means something completely different to every single one of us. Scenes of Beauty is a relatively new platform, so I wanted to ask you all a little favour. My aim is to reach as many people as possible with my weekly episodes, and the only way that I can do that is with your help. So if you're enjoying listening to the podcast and taking things away from it, please hit the subscribe button, share with friends and follow me on Instagram. It really helps with growing the podcast, which in turn helps me to get bigger guests and share their stories even further. Amelia Goldsmith, also known as Millie G Fit on socials, is a content creator in the fitness space that talks a lot about her journey of recovery from an eating disorder. Millie experienced disordered eating and suffered with anorexia for eight years. She is now a happier and healthier version of herself and shares her story across social platforms to inspire others going through the same thing that there is a way out of having a difficult relationship with your body and with food and that there is a healthier way of living. In this episode, we dive right into Millie's journey of recovery and how she has gotten to a point of freedom with food, but also how her eating disorder started through something that she saw in the media, which just goes to show how scary and powerful social media and the media can be. So many of us have difficult relationships with food and with our bodies, so I thought it was really important to have someone like Millie come on the podcast who can talk about the pressures that we feel when it comes to how we look and also someone who lives for accepting her body for what it is. She's super relatable and someone that I really hope you guys will all take something away from. I asked Millie a ton of questions about how she's managed to be consistent with food and with the gym, how she's managed to build a healthy relationship with her body and how she's actually achieved overcoming an eating disorder in real terms. Here's her version of beauty. I am so excited to share that this episode of the Scenes of Beauty podcast is sponsored by WeGlow. WeGlow is a fitness app at your fingertips. Its workouts and recipes are designed around your lifestyle and the app is all about building foundations that allow you to actually stick to your goals and enjoy achieving them. Did you know that 95% of New Year's resolutions are fitness related and only 9% of those people actually stick to the goals that they've set out to achieve? Sound familiar? I am a huge advocate of fitness and really do believe that movement plays a huge part in loving ourselves and building up our own confidence. I've been using the WeGlow app for the past year and it has completely changed my life and the relationship that I have with working out. The reason I love it so much is because it's adaptable based on your goals. There are options to take part in fitness challenges like their six-week restart challenge launching on the 9th of January. They also have a ton of other programs too or you can simply search their library of workouts to find something that's suitable to your mood on the day which is how I tend to use it. My favourite programmes are always the full body ones. If you take working out a little more seriously, you can upload your photos to WeGlow, input your goals and track your workouts and calories, or you can use it a little more loosely as and when you work out or are in the need for some inspiration for a delicious recipe. WeGlow has given the Scenes of Beauty listeners an additional 20% off any of their subscription options when you sign up before the 28th of February using the code SCENES20. That's S-C-E-N-E-S-20. So simply head to their website at weglow.app, click subscribe and enter the code at checkout when you sign up for your new membership now. 
Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with PlushCare. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at PlushCare.com slash weight loss. That's PlushCare.com slash weight loss. Plushcare.com slash weight loss. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt free. Hello, Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello? Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. Really? Hello. How are you? I'm good. I'm good. How are you? Yeah, really good. Thank you. Um, thank you for joining me on the podcast. Well, thank you for having me. Um, you are welcome. We... Yeah, we're in a studio in London Bridge, which you record your podcast I do. as well. Yeah, I feel like I'm actually on my podcast. It's really weird. And I'm literally <laughs> sitting in like the same spot as well. So I'm just like, it's just a different person opposite me. <laughs> so it's actually nice. It's like home. Yeah, yeah. yeah. It's, um, it's cosy in here. Um, so yeah, before we kind of kick off and start, do you want to just give a bit of an intro into you and who you are and what you do mm-hmm. yeah so I always find this question really hard and I don't know why because like <laughs> it is it should, it should be the easiest question um so I well I go by Millie Goldsmith but I, my actual name is Millie Goldsmith um and I basically tell like people that I have this alter ego because <laughs> Amelia used to be like the underweight version of me so I went through like an eight year long eating disorder um and I've basically made this like into my job so I post it on social media um and I just really like try and make people understand that like your real self without the social norms without all these like beauty standards is the best version of you mm-hmm. um and I just really like yeah encourage people to embrace that yeah. um but yeah I come from you know a small town in the countryside um went to university and Sussex studied mm-hmm. psychology yeah um so I did like my academia but I feel like what I'm doing now is literally like what I'm born to do yeah like I just love helping people and just showing like you know the things that I wish I saw when I was a kid yeah when I was like growing up yeah so let's just unravel that a little bit and go back to obviously you just mentioned there that you went through a period of disordered eating mm-hmm just tell us what that means, like in your terms, what you experienced, how it started, how you realized it was a disordered eating. Honestly, like I was in denial for the majority of it. So like I said, I was I was having this eating disorder for eight years and I just wanna say like I wasn't diagnosed with it because I just avoided the doctors all the time. Mm-hmm. Um, and I was and just it was in under such eating, denial. It? Yeah, under eating, so I was very underweight. Um, and it kind of stemmed from 
I remember this one night where I was at my grandma's house and I was just scrolling on Tumblr because Tumblr used to just be like the thing that we all used to watch and like look at as a kid or I don't know. Um, and I just always saw these like Australian models on there and these like 1,200 calorie diets. So I was like... How old were you at this point? I was, I want to say like 15. Mm-hmm. Um, and also just to give some context, I was like a dancer like I'd always dance after school um mm-hmm. ever since I was three so I was always like very active and like very like hyper aware of my, what my body looked like um but before this like before I don't know seeing these Australian models online I never really had a problem with my body mm-hmm. um but I think just seeing more stuff online I was just kind of becoming more aware of how my body looked compared to theirs yeah um so literally overnight I just was like okay I'm gonna cut my calories down I'm just gonna pretty much stop eating like so I skipped breakfast I was like skipping meals here and there um and like with eating disorders it's like so secretive so I was getting away with it for quite a while um until my dance teacher phoned my mum and she was like I only actually found this out the other day because I I was I actually had my mum on my podcast and I spoke about my eating disorder for the first time ever with her which was just like mind-blowing um and she said to me that a dance teacher phoned her and said that um she can see my vertebra and like I I'm anorexic and it really came out of nowhere and my mum was like confused because she thought I was eating because every time she saw me she like I was eating so she was confused um and as soon as my mum approached me with the conversation I was completely just so defensive and I just felt attacked um and then after that it just got worse and worse and worse I think just because it was just a denial and like not wanting to admit that this thing that I innocently started has now become like a really severe evil thing that's taken over me um and obviously with dancing all the time like that was a factor that worsened it um and yeah, I, again, like no one really spoke about it at all yeah. online um, during that time anyway. So it wasn't really something that I had ever thought that I should, you know, sort of go to the doctors about or talk to someone about. Because I think the things that I was doing seemed to be so normal because society had normalized so many things. What sort of things were you doing? So counting calories, um, just restricting, sort of, uh, drinking water when I was hungry um like over exercising I don't know going to the gym always going on like the treadmills and all the cardio machines like you know taking my pick which which cardio machine to go on on which day and doing all these hit workouts like 24 7 and when you have the balance of cardio and food and everything it's great but I was just going to the such extreme of it um but I think, yeah, the, the magazines, like the social media, the media, everywhere, it was so normal to just yeah. be slim and, yeah. you know, like watch what you're eating and have low-calorie foods and all of that. Yeah. Um, so what, yeah. what did you... Because this seems to be like a bit of a defining moment when you saw those Australian models mm. on Tumblr and for it to literally change overnight, like what what were you thinking what were you can you remember like how you felt were you like I want to be like them or yeah I was just so determined I was like 
I just want to be like them. Like mm. I, it was, it was the stomachs that I was always looking at. I've always had this thing over abs and wanting abs. And for some people, it's so natural for them to have abs and eat yeah. whatever they want and whatever. But for me, it's just not in my genetics. Yeah, I would have had to. Well, I did. I, I, you know, I restricted so much to finally see abs. Yeah, and I didn't realize the damage that I was doing to my body. Um, but I think, yes, it was just the Australian models. I wanted to be like them. And I just thought, you know, it'd get guys' guys' attention. It would just make me look, quote unquote, prettier. Mm-hmm. It was just such a toxic mentality that I had. It's wild, really, isn't it? Because, like, if you unpick that and if you think about it, I mean, I don't know how old you are now, but you were obviously a teenager going through that. Yeah. And even, like, I'm 31 now, but even th- throughout all my 20s, it was always like, I want to be like them. I want to look like mm-hmm. them. And if I think back, I've probably spent the majority of my teenage years and my 20s wishing I was somebody yeah, else. Literally. And when you think about it, like from that perspective, it's so sad. Oh my God, it's awful. I always say like now, you just, I, I, it's quite morbid, but I always try and live every day like it's my last because you really just don't know when it yeah. is your last day. Yeah. And I'd hate to be older and look back on my prime years and say like, I wish I didn't worry about how I looked because I looked so amazing then. Yeah, yeah. I wish I didn't take that all for granted. Yeah. And I know that we're like, we're all guilty of comparing ourselves to people every now and then. Mm-hmm. And I, I know for a fact that we are going to think like that yeah, in yeah. the future. At times. Yeah. Um. Okay, so this kind of disordered eating went on for eight years until like early 20s. Mm-hmm. Uh, what What changed? Like what? Yeah, it's... um. It's an interesting one because like there were moments throughout all those uh, those eight years where I would sort of panic and see myself in the mirror and I would think like, oh God, I look really skinny. Did anyone in those eight years, did anyone like, I know you mentioned your mum and I've listened to the episode with your mum. It was really interesting. Oh, it was really sweet. Yeah. Um, but like, did she say anything to you? Because she, she obviously must have noticed that you were quite underweight. Yeah, I mean... It's interesting, again, because my family, we, we're hard, like, we find it hard to talk about our feelings. And mm. because it's such a taboo thing, I just think no one really knew how to approach it. And any time that they did, I was so defensive. Mm-hmm. So I think they kind of just got to a point where they not gave up, but they were just like, she will, she will notice and realise when she's ready. Yeah. Um, and unfortunately, it took so long for me to realize that I was underweight and I needed to gain weight. But um, yeah, they, they didn't really, really know what to say or do, yeah. which is hard. Again, that's another thing that I'm trying to like educate people on because it's just such a taboo thing. Yeah. And it's so sad. Um, and I don't think like I was ever fully ready to gain weight and like admit that I had an eating disorder. Mm-hmm. Um, but the moment that sort of changed for me was when my friend, who is like a very serious, well, she's, no, she's not a serious person. So she never, she just never approaches any sort of serious topic, <laughs> bless her. So when she sort of came to me and was like, I'm worried about you, are you okay? It it just made me think, oh God, this actually must be a, a big deal. The fact that she's um saying this. So I then reached out to Emma, who is my friend now, who um, was my coach at the time, to help me, like, gain weight. But the thing is, I actually reached out to her, hoping that she would put me on this um, reverse diet to then 
helped me lose weight because I've seen like on her page that like she's putting all the, her clients on reverse diets and they were dropping weight. So I was actually going to her in the hope that I would actually just drop more weight, oh, which God. is mad. Um, and then I was gaining weight and like the more I was gaining weight, the more I was realizing that I really needed to gain that weight because I was looking back on pictures and I was like, oh my God, I can't even believe I look like that. You just don't see it. Like you are so blind. What did you wife? It's, it's wild. So and again, that was another phrase I just didn't know about. I had no idea about body dysmorphia. Um, and I wish I, I wish I knew about it because I think it could have helped me a bit sooner, you yeah. know? Yeah. Um, but yeah, I think that was the that was a, like the turning point for me, and that was during lockdown, uh, October twenty twenty. So yeah, and lockdown was the worst. Like I I was the skinniest in lockdown. Yeah. yeah. So what happened? Like what? How? Let's talk about the road to recovery. If mm. we can call it that. I don't yeah. Because I guess it's is it a road to recovery? Because is it or is it just a realization that you needed a lifestyle switch? Um, I guess it is recovery. It is recovery, I guess. Yeah, it's just recovering from, yeah, this eating disorder, which took over, like it takes over you as a person. And I guess you're recovering from trauma because I, I must have had so much trauma that I was sort of manifesting into this eating disorder. Yeah. Um, and I've only learned this recently, like through my therapist. Um, again, that was another thing, like I never got professional help. Yeah. So yeah, I've gone through a lot of ups and downs and recovery was like really hard. Um, and I think people don't really show the hard bits, which is why I find it really important to do that on my Instagram. Mm -hmm. um, Cause even now, like I, I am fully, well, I don't know if you can be fully recovered because there's always gonna be like a few things here and there every now and then. Um, let's just pick that recovery though. What, what, like, how does, it, how did it start? Was it, mm. was it a conversation with Emma or was it something else? And then what, what does that look like? Like, what do you, how do you start implementing a, yeah. a calorie day, for example? I guess it's like, it's different for everyone. I think with Emma, she still had that sort of coaching process. So I was put on this app and then she gave me like X amount of calories. Um, and I just, reach them every day and for some people recovery looks like that but then it can look like intuitive eating and not tracking calories at all mm -hmm. um I think for me like tracking calories was a really good tool for me because yeah. I I was too scared like I think gaining weight was overwhelming in itself let alone gaining weight and not tracking calories because I tracked calories for so long so um that was sort of keeping me accountable um and yeah I'll just up my calories every like two weeks send her check-in pictures every week. Um, I'd still be going to the gym, um, but I'd cut down on cardio. Um, and also part of my recovery was gaining my period back. So that was a big moment when I gained my um, my period back. I think it was like, oh, I wanna say like eight months into recovery. I think nobody talks about that. Cause that's, I, I have a funny journey with my weight, which I, yeah. I talk about quite a lot on the podcast. and mine's not I wouldn't say the opposite of yours I just have a really awkward and uncomfortable relationship with food mm. and my body um and I lost a significant amount of weight when I first moved to London and my period stopped and it's the scariest it thing is, because as a woman you're like what if they don't come back oh my like God, my body stopped producing estrogen yeah. estrogen and I was like fuck 
Yeah. Like the fact yeah. that your body's shutting down. Yeah. And that's the first sign of it shutting down. It is so scary. And I, for so long, didn't take it seriously because I was like, well, I don't want kids now. Yeah. So I'll just like cross that bridge when it actually, you know, means something yeah. to me. But right now I'm fine. Like I'd rather look the way I do, which was very underweight. I'd rather, you know, have control over my calories and not have a period and not have, like be healthy, which yeah. is so toxic. Um, but yeah, it's just not spoken about enough. And like you, I was so scared the fact that it wasn't going to come back. And I lost it. So I had it for, I think, a year. And then I lost it for the majority of... Oh, my God. Yeah. So I literally... Yeah. So I'm 25 now. Yeah. Um, and I've only had my period for two and a bit years of my life, which is mind-blowing. Yeah. And that's what's really sad as well is, like, when you go to the doctors about it, well, I don't know if this is everyone's experience, but with me, I went to the doctors about it very reluctantly and they just put me on the pill. So it's kind of like masking the whole problem. Um, and a lot of my um, followers have said the same, which again, it's like another thing that I need to try and sort of combat because I don't know why they think that that is the way to get your period back and that's the way to like yeah. fight this underlying issue. Yeah, because if you, I did some research about contraception actually, and mm. if it's actually not nutritionally that good for you anyway, oh, right. regardless of anyone who's of a healthy weight. So if you're underweight and malnutritioned, it can't be. Oh my god, it'd the be awful. Yeah, I'll, I listened to a podcast on it. I'll send you it. It's um, yeah, I can't remember it. it off the. I can link it as well, but yeah. um, yeah, it's not it's not good for somebody no. who's of a who's of a quote-unquote normal way yeah so that's scary but i do think there's there's no conversation at all about periods no. like when they stop and in I relation think, again, to it because it's a taboo thing like everyone you know should learn about these periods like it's quite a complex thing so i think just to at least learn the foundations of it and how how honestly truly important it is it's so important for us to know that yeah um so yeah i was i was disappointed like when the doctors put me on the pill like retrospectively look, like looking at it now but mm -hmm. in in the moment when they put me on the pill I was like oh great this is just this is great like I can still get away with not eating um so yeah and I think it kind of my mum was so upset with me um for not wanting to like put my health first mm -hmm. and so when I was when I was put on the pill I guess she sort of saw that as a sign to just let me do my thing, yeah. I guess. Yeah. And then I'll come to her when I'm ready, which yeah. was the other week. <laughs> That's so interesting. Yeah. That's mad, isn't it? It is mad. Like the fact that I can open up to the world on social media about my eating disorder and be vulnerable, but I can't do it with my mum. Why do you think that is? I think it's like, oh, I don't know. Honestly, I really don't know. I had um, this conversation with my therapist as well, and it was just, I'm still wrapping my head around it. And mm -hmm. I know it's such a common thing to feel that way, like to feel uncomfortable talking to your closest ones about anything that you're struggling with, even though like your closest ones are the ones that aren't going to judge you or criticize you in any way. Yeah. Um, I don't know. It is that thing of opening up to strangers is sometimes easier mm. than opening up to a parent or, you know, like you just said, like close friends or whatever. It, it can be intimidating, scary. Yeah. And like, I don't know about anyone else but I just feel a bit like humiliated or like embarrassed mm -hmm. they're like the two words that 
kind of describe how I feel when I talk to my mum or anyone close to me about it. Yeah. Um, so yeah, it's weird. It's a weird one. Yeah, no, it is. Um, can we talk about your relationship with food? Mm-hmm. Firstly, what was it like when you were under eating? And then what is it like now? Because I think, again, I've had a lot of conversations about it on the podcast and it's, I haven't met a woman yet who doesn't struggle with food, yeah. in, whether it's overeating, undereating, worrying about mm. what they're going to eat, like stressing Emotional about going eating. out for dinner because yeah. they don't want to overconsume, like things like that. So yeah. just share your journey of, of food. Mm. Um. Okay, so I remember like during year seven sort of, early primary school and secondary school um I was fine I didn't didn't really worry anything about food I didn't think about it um and then it was kind of when I was becoming more of a teenager I was starting to be a bit more mindful of food um I was so, yeah I started to track calories very very early on mm-hmm. um and I remember like my friends I'd always compare what I was eating to my friends like at lunch and they were they weren't great either. We all just sort of weren't the best um, with our in terms of like our relationship with food. And then I don't know. It's the tracking calories that just like shines out to me. I just always remember just tracking calories, planning my meals, um, like going to bed, planning what I'm eating the next day. Always, always thinking about food. Like it's always on my mind. I also remember always watching Jamie Oliver or like <laughs> any food related program. Like yeah. I was so food focused. That's so interesting, because I do that. Yeah. I never really paired the two together. I just thought I've enjoyed it. Yeah, so I only have seen the correlation because now I, I just don't watch that stuff. Because yeah. now I'm in such a better relationship with food. So I think I was just searching for any sort of food stimulation without actually having it. Mm. Um, and I would make lots of food, like I would bake, but I would never really eat it. Um, and if I did eat it, I would always compensate it for skipping a meal or doing certain exercise, whatever. Um, so yeah. And then when I was gaining weight, it, it kind of, I think it was like two, three months in, I was really starting to see the transition in my relationship with food. And I was like becoming a lot more accepting of it. And it was sort of becoming my friend as opposed to my enemy. And I think it was because I was allowing myself to eat this food. Like I was seeing that I actually can have more calories. Like my body isn't going to just go crazy or like go in a way that I quote unquote don't want it to go. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think, yeah, I just, I realized then that I was really under eating and that not, there's like, there's no one size fits all approach to the, these like calories yeah. or tracking. Cause I think, I was seeing so many people on Instagram saying, this is um, how many calories you need to eat to lose weight. Yeah. And it was just so generalized. Um, So yeah, as I was gaining weight, I was realizing this. And then I was still tracking calories up until like last year. So last year I stopped tracking calories. I deleted the app. And that was also a massive like milestone for me as well, because it's all I knew. Like it's all I knew. So I really had to put so much trust in myself. and then yeah, I haven't haven't downloaded the app since. Like there were there were moments definitely at the start where I was so tempted to download the app and I was, I was like trying to count in my head. Um, but I would just have to stop myself because I know that that's just not 
how I want to be living. Mm -hmm. And for some people, like they can have food freedom and still track calories, like, you know, they can do that. But I know for me, it's just not the case. Like I know if I were to download the app and track calories, I wouldn't be free in terms of food, so. I'm just literally eating whenever I want. <laughs> yeah, and, and that's intuitive. And that's right? intuitive, and that's, yeah. That's a healthy way. And um, my body is so, like, it's it's responded in such an incredible way. Like, that's when I know that my body isn't stressed mm-hmm. because it's just sitting where it comfortably needs to sit and I'm happy with that. Like, I'm yeah. absolutely fine with it. What has been the biggest struggle or, like, the hardest thing? Because I think there'll be a lot of people listening to this and who who struggle with food or who are exhausted by Mm. dieting or training or not feeling fulfilled by their own body. Um, And obviously you're here saying it and it sounds, I know it's not been an easy journey, I Mm. can tell, like how you're talking about it, but I do think sometimes when you see things on social media and you're like, oh, they did this recovery and da-da-da and great, but why can't I do it? Why why am I struggling so hard or why can't I overcome it? Like, what has the hardest thing been? Or what is the hardest thing mm. still? The heart, that's such a good question because... How would you like to look five years younger? In a clinical study, people that had volume added with Juvederm Voluma XC in the cheeks perceived themselves as looking five years younger at six months after treatment. Look younger, feel like you. Add volume for lift and contour in the cheeks with Juvederm Voluma XC. Reverse signs of aging by adding volume to smooth laugh lines with Juvederm Volure XC. For important safety information and to find a licensed specialist, visit Juvederm.com. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com. Not for people with severe allergic reactions, allergies to lidocaine, or the proteins used in Juvederm. Common side effects include injection site redness, swelling, pain, tenderness, firmness, lumps, bumps, bruising, discoloration, or itching. There's a risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel, which can cause vision abnormalities, blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. Talk to a licensed specialist to find out if it's right for you. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. I was definitely that person who always thought, like, why can't I do this? Like, why can I see these people? Like, why can I see my friends just enjoy ice cream? Why can't I just enjoy it? I always just yeah. thought that. Um so the hardest thing for me was probably having, it's quite trivial, but like getting rid of some of my favorite clothes that mm-hmm. no longer fit me. So I think it was starting to feel the tightness of my clothes. Yeah. Um, that was really uncomfortable because that was really when like my body was changing mm-hmm. and I had to just accept and buy new clothes basically. Um, but I think I was quite reluctant for quite a while to change up my wardrobe and like yeah. you know let go of those clothes that no longer fit me um but yeah I think it's so different for everyone there were uh, there were a lot of hard things but I, that does just sort of pop out to me I think because yeah. it's not nice like 
you're putting on a pair of jeans and they're not going over your thighs anymore. Yeah. And you're just thinking, oh my God, like this is actually it. Like I'm actually gaining weight here. Yeah. It's actually happening. What does that feel like? It's just quite, it's quite scary um, because there's a sort of no turning back. I don't know. It's sort of like, there's no, there's no getting out of this now. Um, and I think you have to really persist because it's just the transition of seeing your body in a different way. It's so scary. You're, you're literally seeing your body in a way that you never really wanted to see mm-hmm. before. Um, so it's just really like training your brain to see your body in like a, in a new way, I guess. It, it is hard. Yeah. yeah. What do you feel like now, like looking back at everything that's happened? I feel so proud um and like i i still to this day can't really believe that i've done it yeah because it's just mad to think where i am now it's just i never ever ever expect to be here um and i don't know yeah it's just really i'm just grateful that i've managed to do it and i've had people around me to support me and also i don't think i would have done it in such a short space of time like I literally did it in about yeah I was gonna say 11 months yeah yeah um I don't think I would have done it in that time frame if it wasn't for like all the support I had online as well yeah um so I'm really grateful for that as well because I obviously not everyone has Has that that, yeah I was going to ask you about that so when did that all start like when did you start posting on social media um so I've actually had my fitness account for I want to say like five years um during uni and I was using it as like a weight loss page Mm -hmm. um and just an excuse to like post pictures of me and posing in the mirror with my abs and you know whenever I looked like shredded (laughs) oh god it's just cringe it's just so (laughs) cringe it's not though because it's it's not cringe because it's it's your reality and it's actually scarily the reality of a lot of other people yeah yeah I know um so yeah that was that's quite funny um but then it really started to blow up when I gained weight literally like the month one month after gaining weight, I think it was like I was posting my check-in pictures every week. Those were going viral. I was posting my reels um, of just like my experience and my journey and what I was struggling with and people were just really resonating with it. And I was like, oh God, like I'm actually not the only person here because you really do feel alone. Yeah. I was like, oh my God, so many people feel the same. Like I really thought so many of my experiences were so unique to me. Yeah. Like I didn't think that people you know planned their meals the night before I didn't think people would um I don't know there's just so many of these things I just didn't think people were doing um so that was also really really helpful for me Mm -hmm. um so yeah it was 2020 and then I made it a full-time job in like four months later so it was such a quick yeah turnaround yeah um but I literally could not imagine myself doing anything else no and I think what I like about your page is it's quite real and it's quite matter of fact but in a in a quite a positive like non-arrogant way yeah and I think it is I think you're right in that it's super relatable yeah and I think you speak from your mind a lot which is really interesting and obviously you've been through it mm. um what, that. <laughs> you're welcome um let's go to what what are your thoughts about the fitness space the health space body space on social media because it's obviously a huge I don't know if it's one of the mm. biggest 
talked yeah. about topics on social, you know. It could be. I think it definitely be. could be up there. Yeah, I, I think it could be, you know. Um, so it's another interesting question because I, like during my recovery, I had completely revamped my whole Instagram. Like I, was, I unfollowed anyone who doesn't benefit me in any way. Um, I unfollowed anyone who I was following just for their appearance. Um, so yeah, like now I really just have such a positive Instagram and TikTok and all of that. Um, so all I see is just great body positivity, self-love, all of that. But I know that there is still some toxic things on online, mm -hmm. which people do still follow. And they're like, they don't want to unfollow because there's that sort of, I don't know how to explain it. But I remember when I was unfollowing these pages, I didn't want to. There was a part of me that was like, I'm letting go of something. I, was yeah. like, I don't want to let go of that. Like. Yeah. useful information even though it's not useful for me yeah um it's almost when you see it, it's like an internal sense of fulfillment isn't it yeah like, uh, i mean that is that that's how social media was designed right so that we keep going back and mm -hmm. checking in on it mm. but yeah I, I completely resonate with what you just said yeah there. so i think yeah for me i think it's a really positive space i love it like i love that it's so easily accessible and anyone can just come on my page and if they're feeling like they're struggling or they're feeling guilty for having a rest day or whatever, they can literally come on my page and they know exactly where to get the, the information from. Like they know that they can feel comfortable yeah. um, and safe. Um, so yeah, that's really the, like, I, I follow similar pages really, yeah. but I remember there wasn't any of that going on when I was gaining weight. So yeah. it's, it's crazy how much has changed over literally like a year and a bit yeah. online. Yeah. And I guess that's, lockdown and then obviously the algorithms are all changing yeah, in terms of, of video content and it's a lot more mm -hmm. storytelling now isn't it so I guess before like definitely when I was a teenager it was all just images and you mm. just get no story or backstory not or even like the swipes it was just no, one image just wasn't one it? image yeah. Yeah. yeah so it's nice that you can see a lot more of the person um but yeah I feel like I've got a good echo chamber on there yeah, yeah. Do you feel like you still follow some pages that are a little bit like... Loads. Really? Yeah, I really need to sort mine out. Do a whole refresh. Yeah. Mm. And I follow a lot of people. Um, so I need to... Yeah, I need to breathe. But I, I totally resonate with what you... I feel like it's FOMO, isn't it? And you you definitely yeah, feel like you're is. missing out. Like you... If I... I mean, I love the Kardashians, but if I stop... I should really stop following them. But if I do, I'm yeah. like, oh my God, but what if... What's happening? Or what if a conversation happens at yeah. work and I don't know what's going on? Yeah, it's interesting. It's isn't a weird it? feeling. It's also interesting what you said about um, when you started posting your journey and you stopped posting what you thought you should be posting. Mm. That's when it started mm -hmm. to change because yeah. that's when you become yourself. And exactly. People can kind of see through the BS. Yeah. And for so long, like as a kid, I, I knew that I didn't want an office job. Like I didn't want any of that I kind of had this inner knowing that I was just gonna be someone online or someone like in in the social media presence I don't know how I knew and I and so that's why I got this fitness page because I was like okay maybe if I'm slim if I look like the Victoria's Secret model lover I will get there mm -hmm. so that's why I literally had that page with so that was my intention and the fact that as soon as I stopped trying to fit in to society and well, what I thought was, you know, 
pretty or whatever, everything that I kind of had dreamt for had come to light. And I was like, oh, it's just yeah. the manifesting sort of vibe, isn't yeah, it? Yeah. It's mad. Yeah, I think it is the part of the letting go of all yeah. the hangups because what you're doing is clinging on to unuseful and mm-hmm. unwanted and unrelevant information. Right? Yeah, and that's just gonna hold you back to progressing further. Yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah, just being like me as an authentic person. I always just wanted that to be the main thing when I started to gain a following. I was like, I just need to really make sure that I'm being real mm-hmm. um, and not faking anything because people really appreciate that. Yeah. Just makes them feel less alone. Yeah, 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 yeah. definitely. We've, you've, you've mentioned the word taboo a bit when mm-hmm. it comes to weight and body image. Why do you think it is such a taboo topic? Um, I think people find it like embarrassing maybe that they've sort of been caught or I don't know, cause it's such a secretive disorder when you've been sort of caught red-handed, it's like, oh God, that's embarrassing, that's invasive. I don't know, it's like a a topic that you just don't want to approach. Um, And so for that reason, on the other side with the family and friends, they don't want to approach it because I guess they just don't know how to. Mm -hmm. And it's just that discomfort. I don't know where the discomfort comes from. Like your boat, it's such an uncomfortable conversation. Yeah. I think it's because it's maybe so personal. And there's yeah. a lot more behind it than just an eating disorder. Yeah, I think it's that. And I think it's the the kind of protagonist of, of the podcast is beauty. And we talk a lot about beauty standards and where they come from, mm. how people feel about them. And I think there is a standard of... And it came from, like, the magazines in the 90s, like, the front covers and stuff. Yeah. And, the, like, the models that you saw. I think there is a standard that's unachievable for a lot of people. And, and it's unrelatable. Mm. And it's admirable. Mm. And so... You're never going to get there. And maybe you feel a bit of ashamed about that, mm, maybe. Yeah, it is It is that, I think. Shame. Because it's like you haven't you haven't met those standards. You, you're not yeah. the desired. Yeah. Which is really sad. That's really... God, that's really sad. <laughs> it's quite deep, <laughs> isn't it? Yeah. <laughs> like, I put my hands up, I'm not the desired now. Like, that's so sad. You have to admit that you're not the desired. But, yeah, but, but it's you, not that though. Like we are all desirable in our own yeah, way. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think it's it's again it's the generation stuff. It's my parents. They they that's all they know. They all they know is good foods, bad foods. Yeah, that Weight sort watches, of narrative. Well. Weight watch all of that. Um, so with weight gain and yeah. actually eating intuitively and seeing food as equal, that's just so new to them yeah so i guess it's another factor of why they couldn't really talk about it they just didn't know how to they didn't know what it was they didn't know any of it yeah it's interesting isn't it Mm. um looking back like at your 15 year old self what would you say to her like what would you say to her now you literally have like asked me a question my therapist like asked me all the time (laughs) um i would just give her a big old hug and say to her you are enough like you don't have to change anything about you because I think I never felt good enough Mm -hmm. um and I would just oh I just feel so sorry for her bless her she was just trying her hardest to just fit in or be like something that was perfect and I think she was just perfect the way she was Mm -hmm. she really didn't need to change anything and 
I wish she could see what everyone else saw in her. Yeah. Because she definitely didn't. I think that thing about not being good enough is a lot... I don't know from a male perspective, but definitely as females, it's something we feel Mm -hmm. a lot, isn't it? And you... It's that pressure of, like, what we talked about earlier, being the best. Yeah. and 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 it's like you're searching for things that you think you can change. And then when you change them you're still not going to feel good enough because yeah. what's really like the main problem there is is like your inner self telling you that you're not good enough. So you need to just tell yourself that you're good enough and then over time you'll, you'll actually start to learn that. Like you, yeah. you can't feel like you're good enough from external sources. Yeah, it's yeah. just not going to... Yeah. yeah, you really need to just feel it in yourself. Yeah. This, we're recording pre-Christmas, but... This episode's going out in the new year and obviously with that comes a whole set of pressure mm-hmm. to set new goals and set new challenges yeah. and have a refresh, whether it's mentally, physically, like, right, we've had an indulgent Christmas, let's get back in the gym, like, let's get back on those goals that we set for our mm. bodies of losing weight or gaining weight or whatever. What is your thoughts around that? Um, I don't want to, like, I don't want to sound controversial, because I, I understand that people do feel motivated in the new year and, like, that's great. If that works for you, amazing. You just keep doing that. But I just don't like the the new year, new me phrase. Um, and I also don't really like how everyone always sets these goals but they're just sort of unrealistic and they're very... Um, they're just unrealistic. Like people would set goals to lose X amount of weight within three months or five months or whatever, or look, look, or get a bikini body for the summer. I don't know. And I just don't like those goals. So like you can set goals and that's great, but I think it's just the goals that you're setting. You need to sort of review and look at. Um, I mean, for me, like if there's something that I want to reach, if there's a goal I want to reach, I'll just do it. Like I'm not going to wait for a certain date of the year. Um, I guess like people do wait for it because then like other people are sort of reaching those goals and you've got that sort of support around you and that I don't know momentum around you but I think when you attach a goal to a a date it it just becomes unreachable I think I think because like you're just not really taking in external factors that can come into play yes new 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 year yeah there is a there's a large percentage of people who don't actually achieve interesting their their goals yeah which is then deflating right which mm. is then counterproductive to setting a goal yeah. isn't it funny how like you just go along with things without actually thinking what about doing. what you're doing yeah why you're doing it it's just because like we all just sort of follow what everyone else does yeah and i think if I don't know, we have this sort of, what's the word? Like, if they're if they're setting a goal, it's like, oh, I should set a goal because yeah. I want to be just as successful or I want to, like, I don't want to be left out. I don't want to yeah. look like I'm not motivated, like a motivated person. Um, yeah, I don't know. What do you think about it? I am in agreement with you. I I do reviews, like self-reviews every week, so... Like on a Sunday, I'll be like, what What did I not like Love about the previous that. week? But And it's not unrealistic things. Yeah. It's like, oh, I felt crap on. I always get to like Wednesday, Thursday and I'm knackered yeah. every single week and it's continuous. So oh. I know on a Wednesday night I need to do nothing That's at all because really I'm burnt out by yeah. Thursday. Um, 
so it's little things like that um but i yeah have continual ones and then i do i don't do them like ritually but i just do them like if i feel a bit lost or where am i going or what am i doing i like Mm. write everything down like my whole brain on paper Mm. and then i'm like right what's going on read it all and then i write what i'm gonna do to figure it out that's really good that's just how i do it you just see the little patterns yeah stuff yeah yeah and i do do things like um me and my friend actually on new year when we've made a pact to like not get stupidly drunk yeah we're just gonna like sit and talk about actually what we want the next year to look like rather than you know we're going out for dinner and doing nice stuff but instead of like being wasted like why don't we actually just talk about what we want to do um so i i do it but i'm not i i never i don't think i've ever set new year's resolutions Mm. i think what it is like people will set like i don't know these their, their goals and their new year's resolutions are so broad and vague which is why they can't keep it like continue it because it's like like oh i'll lose weight in the new year like they're not actually making it a an accurate not accurate like a detailed goal yeah measurable goal. a measurable goal um like i i just i'm dreading the january where i'm going i'm gonna go in the gym and it's just absolutely packed well, yeah and i i i don't know i i, I don't want to look at people and think you're not gonna be here in two months but yeah. i can't help but think that yeah i just wish that the like people would understand that it is like a lifestyle it's not like a, a overnight thing that you're just going to change about your life it's it's something that you just incorporate slowly into your life um what's your recipe for like longevity and not because i think i i'm guilty of this i'm like right i haven't been to the gym for mm-hmm. two weeks i've i've been i've had a weird year this year i've always been quite consistent with the gym my weight's been up and down all my life which it's kind of been okay the past couple of years but i've always been really consistent in the gym i live in a new city and it's just gone out of the window and Mm. i just can't can't keep going so then i do this thing of like right i've not been for a week i'll start again on like yeah whatever but then i don't i plan to go on a wednesday or whatever and i don't go and then it fucks it up for like another week and then i'm like oh yeah exhausted by it so what what is your recipe for like continuation consistency consistency yeah um it's annoying to hear but it is just doing what you enjoy yeah so I generally just do love weight training but recently I've I've just hit a wall I've hit this like limbo phase where like I'm not really motivated to go to the gym and lift weights so I just find alternatives like I'm really getting into boxing now mm-hmm. um and like reformer pilates like I love that I'm just finding new things that to love and to I guess like learn about um because there, there does come a point where you're sort of going just because you feel like you have to or going for the sake of it and you're not actually tuning into your body and like listening to what it actually wants to do yeah um I've definitely been a culprit and like I've been guilty of that for sure yeah um and I guess also staying consistent you have to really understand the motive behind whatever it is that you're doing yeah so for so long I was going to the gym obviously to to look a certain way and to lose weight and that is never gonna keep me consistent mm-hmm. because there's gonna be bad body image days which are gonna make me not wanna go to the gym. Like, I don't know, all these other things that are just gonna get in the way. Um, and as soon as I switch that motive around and actually go into the gym because I generally am energized too. Like I feel I feel good in myself, I'm gonna go, I'm gonna lift some weights, I feel strong. There's all these different things that come into play that make me consistent with it. Yeah. Um, and so with like this plateau that I hit with the gym and after like going to boxing and doing these different classes, I'm now 
feeling the urge to lift some weights again. Yeah. So it's just being flexible with it, I guess. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Being consistent with the goal, but flexible within it, yeah, if that makes any approach. sense. Yeah. Yeah, interesting. So just, obviously you've got, you've got a social media presence, which we've touched on. What is your mission for social? Mm. Um, so I'm quite an ambitious person. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and I have this goal. I mean, I have loads of different goals, but I really want to somehow get in touch with the government and change something about, I don't know whether it's like calories on labels or even on the menus, like that's a whole nother topic. Oh, yeah, um, oh, we could talk about that because <laughs> yeah. That's hard, yeah. It's, I don't know, doing something like ugh, implementing something that can really help the majority. Cause I, I don't know, I think the government really focused so much on obesity and the obesity epidemic, which is very like present and it's a big problem, but they really undermine the problem of eating disorders. Um, and I don't think they, they've approached it well enough at all. So I just want to sort of do something like that, like really just yeah. change, just change society in some way, whatever yeah. it is. Yeah. Um, um, so yeah. yeah, that's really interesting. Um, and obviously like continue on my socials, like yeah. continue, I guess. We don't know where social media is going to be in like five years time. It's quite yeah. scary. Um, but I will never like stop doing that because I love yeah. it so much. Yeah, no. I, I hear that. Um, we've talked a lot about fitness and about eating disorders and about the gym and about mindset and approach. Who are you outside of all of that? Like who who are you outside of Millie G Fit? Millie G Fit. Um, so I I love my fashion. Mm-hmm. I love I love family. Like I'm, I love dogs. I love just sort of going on walks. Um, playing games like I'm just quite a I don't know I'm an introvert but I'm an extrovert like there's just two sides of me mm-hmm. um I have this social battery that always needs like a charge so I love my alone time yeah um but yeah I think I'm I'm, I'm quite like a outgoing person I never used to be but now I love just seeing friends um yeah I'm asking because I think I think a lot of the time when, you know, I, I, I work in influencer marketing, I spend a lot of time like talking to content creators and people who are so, I don't know if defined is the right word, but they're such on a mission with what they're doing or mm. they're so blinkered Focused. by like beauty or lifestyle or health or whatever. Yeah. That it's often nice to know a little bit outside of yeah. that. Because obviously beauty, um, obviously fitness is a, is a big part of what you do and it's mm. a big part of your everyday and who you are, but it's really interesting to hear like your other interests or your other passions yeah. or whatever. It's funny because two years ago, I would say the gym is a passion, helping people is a passion, like social media is a passion. So it's all sort of like, my job is now my just biggest passion. Yeah. Um, creating content editing like that is generally just my passion um but yeah I I do really want to get back into like dancing and stuff because mm-hmm. I guess that like, is still fitness but I, it's in a different way um but I, I I wish I was I wish I could say like I love art or like yeah. I love sewing but I'm just not <laughs> I'm just not like that <laughs> you know maybe maybe one day but if you could right have now. one hobby what would it be like the like the weirdest thing Oh what would you learn to do? You know, I really want to do. I really want to get into. Um, I mean, it's, I guess it's not weird, but 
pottery making. Oh yeah. Like have my own pottery studio. Are you quite artistic? Um, yeah. I, don't know. <laughs> I, I, I mean, I'm just a naive probably. Like, I don't know. But I think I could do some pottery. Like I'm, it's coming up on my TikTok all the time now. So it's yeah, like a sign. It's right. I just need it's to get my through. hands in the clay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. There'll definitely be somewhere near you that can do it. Yeah, I have done some research. I have. Yeah. But yeah, I wish I was, I wish I explored more of like other things. I think it's hard though, because life gets in the way, doesn't yeah. it? Yeah. I talk just... about this a lot with my friends and I'm like, oh, I'd love to. I started learning Spanish in lockdown. Oh my God, amazing. The hardest oh, thing. No. It was really cool. Were you doing it on the app? No, I did it. I got um, a tutor and we were doing it like two hour sessions once a week and then she gives you homework. And I I was so obsessed with it. My TV was Spanish. My phone was Spanish. (gasps) Like podcast was everything. I was so invested. And I can't speak a word. I'm so bad. Can you read it though? Hell no. Really? No. No. I really enjoy like watching TV with subtitles. But it's really difficult. You've got it. I did it for about four months but like so not the longest time mm. and i obviously couldn't go there because it was lockdown but so when did you what made you stop well i, I literally couldn't pick it up i was like come on chloe you know some people have it, it. some people just it don't exactly. i remember doing my french exam in spanish no my spanish exam in french in gcse's awful you did <laughs> i got words mixed up it was <laughs> i'm not like i know that that's just not my expertise and then i did german and i quite like german but just yeah that's as far as I'll go with languages. Yeah. But yeah, like I think the days just go by so quickly and then like yeah. the weeks go by, then the months and then years and it's like, oh my God, everything's yeah, just, yeah, yeah. time is going by so quickly. Yeah. No, it it's is. scary. It's hard. But it? that should motivate me to do other things. And also I do, my perspective on it is um, if you make time for it, you have to yeah. it. Like it's mm. what's the one hour a week, you know. It is true. It is true. Yeah, you've inspired me. I'm going to have a look at what I can do. Interesting. What, the piano. what I can be outside a mini chiefer. Not that you need to be anything. I was just asking. I was just <laughs> interested. No, I like it. Um, okay, so final question that mm. I ask everyone on the show is what is your version of beauty? Um, my version of beauty is... Is there like a right or wrong answer? Absolutely not, no. no. I think it's authenticity, like mm. being your true yourself like your true inner child that just wants to shine like Mm -hmm. that is beauty to me because it's confidence and it's like owning what you have been born with and like not caring what people think um not caring how different you may be or whatever like that is just pure beauty to me like I love that and I can see it in people when they're like that just from so far away I can just see it and I'm like that is incredible and I I think it does make people just glow when like they're confident in themselves and they're just them. Like, yeah. I love that. Yeah. So yeah, I'm still working on that, but I just say that's my answer. Yeah, no, I love that. I love Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. 
Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And is all priced at 50% to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. If you like this episode, hit subscribe and leave us a review. 